Hi, and welcome to episode three of Happy and Healthy Earth. Last episode, we did some meditation exercises that helped us get in touch with our senses. This week, I'm joined by a special guest to talk about equality. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Hi, so I'm Annabelle, and I'm a feminist fashion blogger, so you can find me over on Instagram at at Annabay, A underscore N-N-A-B-A-E. Uh, so I basically use my platform and also my blog, which is mi- uh, mixed-use.com, uh, to talk just a lot about issues related to feminism. Sometimes I'll talk about issues of race as well, because I branded myself as an intersectional feminist specifically. So I like to acknowledge that the uh, female experience is not universal, and there are different kinds of women, and there are so many different ways that you can experience being a woman. So that's basically what I do. That's awesome. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, why did you decide to be an influencer? Yeah. So this kind of just, it kind of just happened really. I started going to college at Penn State a few years ago. So I'm currently my senior year. Uh, but my freshman year when I got here, I was kind of disappointed because this, uh, the campus here is just very, it's very cookie cutter. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of individuality, a lot of creativity. And so as somebody who had always been into style and fashion, I was kind of struggling to find my niche here. So I joined College Fashionista and I was writing for them a little bit as one of their like interns my freshman year and kind of like created or had this friend group from that and kind of discovered what fashion bloggers were because I didn't even know they existed before. And then I discovered that like you could be an influencer as a fashion blogger on Instagram. So from there, I kind of was taking photos and writing uh, for College Fashionista, and I also started writing for The Tab, and people actually thought that I had a blog because I was sharing so many of those articles. So eventually, I just kind of bit the bullet, and I decided to create my own blog, and of course, hand-in-hand with that is my Instagram. So my Instagram just became a place where I was sharing all of my work, sharing my photos and style, and just writing these captions to kind of empower women. So that's kind of how it happened. I guess I just decided to do it because it felt right, really. That's amazing. (laughs) And I really applaud you for like being able to actually like step out and kind of open yourself up and like (laughs) looking through your Instagram feed. It's like so inspiring to me to see like all of your captions and stuff like all have to do with like accepting yourself and like yeah like letting people like change you. Thank you so much. It has been such a journey. (laughs) Um, so my next question is, um, kind of goes with what we were talking about, but lots of your page is about femininity and equality. Why is that? Yeah. So originally it did start out as just a place I wanted to share my style and kind of share the photos that I was taking for my internship. But as I kind of got, uh, continued to go through school, I took a women's studies class and at the time, I think I always identified as a feminist, but I never really talked about it. It was just kind of something that I was like, yeah, I'm a feminist. Like, why wouldn't I be on the side of myself and other women, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after I took that class, like the first thing we discussed in class was why people don't identify as feminists. And she even asked the question, she was like, is there anybody in here who's like kind of uncomfortable with claiming that term? And there were a few girls who raised their hand and I was just, I was completely shocked because I grew up in a family that is my mother, my dad, and then myself, and then two younger sisters. So it's very, Mm -hmm. like, female-oriented. It's very uh, female, like, Mm power-friendly. So I kind of just grew up very comfortable with that. And so once I took that class and we talked about that and I realized, like, 
that a lot of people don't quite understand what feminism is about. I wanted to use my page to talk about that and to also encourage women to love themselves because especially also as I just got to college and like made more friends, like a lot of the issues that I was running into and a lot of the issues my friends were running into had to do with like guys treating us poorly and just us not loving ourselves enough. So as I just Mm -hmm. kind of continued on that journey of like trying to discover myself and like seeing everything my friends and myself were struggling with. I just wanted to talk about that. So that's really where that came from. That's so cool. (laughs) I love it so much. Um, Okay. So what is equality to you and why do you think it's so important? Mm, Okay. Um, So I actually, I shy away from the term equality a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So the way I would explain it is like, I think that people of all genders should be able to view themselves as empowered individuals and we shouldn't live in a world that kind of tears us down. Equality okay. in the sense of like the way we talk about fem- feminism tends to just be like men and women should be equal to each other. Mm-hmm. But I tend to think and like in, in that way, I kind of agree with it. But then sometimes when you talk about it more, people will start to say things like, oh, men just want to be equal or women just want to be equal to men. Like we just want the same rights as them. And it's like, actually we're very different people and not everybody even identifies as male or female and there are different rights that different kinds of people need so Mm -hmm. I like to think about equity and the idea that like certain people need certain things that other people don't in order to become equal so does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah so I think it's just important because like I mean everybody deserves the same chances and everybody deserves to live like that empowered kind of life and to love themselves so for me, that's kind of like what equality and equity is all about. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And I love that, like, um, I kind of like that you shy away from the term of like equality because it's such like a like stereotypical word. I feel like I think it's like, like the easy one to use. And I yeah. think that when I first like learned about feminism, that was definitely the one that I was using. But as I mm-hmm. kind of learned more and like realized, like, Actually, like, when I think about equality and rights, I'm thinking, like, what about maternity leave? Mm-hmm. Like, men physically cannot give birth to babies, right? So <laughs> in that sense, like, equality isn't always the best term. I think it's, like, when you want to talk, like, just a little generally about feminism, I think it's totally good. But when you get into the nitty-gritty of it, I find that it doesn't really serve the purpose that we need. So, yeah. Okay. I love that. <laughs> I I keep saying that, but, like, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess it just means so much to me that there are, like, actually people, like, in the world that understand that, like, it's not just, like, um, like, oh, girls just, like, want to be seen the same as, like, mm-hmm. men, mm-hmm. and, like, that's not actually the point, or, like, some people think that, like, feminism is, like, um, like, females want to be seen as, like, more than men, mm-hmm. like, kind of the opposite of how some people see it yeah like not actually really what it is yeah like I'm just trying to like be able to be empowered in myself and not trying to live in a patriarchy so that's (laughs) all really (laughs) um okay so why do you think that people discriminate against races so frequently and have you ever felt victimized because of your race yeah this is honestly something that's just so wild to me because I know growing up as a kid like racism is something that you learn and so when I think about this question I'm thinking like how did I learn that and where did it come from and it's just like it's so crazy because I mean I'll talk to my partner and he's like 
yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I was genuinely confused when people said mean things about black people. I was like, aren't they just people too? You know, like Mm -hmm. what? But Mm -hmm. I think it's because like, at some point in the history of this world, like, people decided that they were better than other people just because of skin color. Like, race is a construct. It does not actually exist. Like, we gave it power when people decided Black people are not good, white people are good, Asian people are, like, somewhere in there, too. Like, it's very, very strange. But I think a huge part of it, at least in America, Mm -hmm. the discrimination against the Black community and also the Asian community comes from the fact that slavery was legal in this country, Mm-hmm. Like that's that's absolutely wild. That's not cool. And yeah. then there was also um, the Japanese incarceration camps and the Chinese Exclusion Act. Like so, I think it has to do with the history of the way that our country um, came about. And so that's kind of what I where I think it all came from. And then personally, feeling victimized because of my race. Um, nothing ever crazy. But I know when I was younger, I was on seventh grade. I think yeah so sometime in middle school and I definitely felt victimized at one point because I was on a bus going home and I remember this kid sitting in the back of the bus just like all of a sudden yelled at me hey get on the bus to Chinatown like what are you doing here and I was like what the heck because I had never really experienced racism up until then I grew Mm -hmm. up in a family that is oh and just like to explain my mother is from Taiwan then my dad is white so I'm mixed race um because I just realized your audience does not know that. Um, (laughs) So I really felt victimized then. But what I usually come across is this really weird, like, exoticism and fetishization. That's really, really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I got to college, um, what I kind of dealt with a lot was being exoticized and fetishized. So a lot of guys would be like, oh, I've always wanted to sleep with an Asian girl. Like, if I sleep with you, then I can check Asian girl off of my list. And I'd be like, what like that's really gross like you're only trying to be with me because I'm half Taiwanese like that's just disgusting so yeah that's usually what I come across and then there's like cultural appropriation happens a lot too which is very very frustrating and it's a very nuanced Mm -hmm. topic Mm -hmm. um it's one that I have tried to tackle and I've also tackled like um fetishization on my blog but those are definitely the ones that I come across the most and with cultural appropriation just generally speaking it kind of is like when people appropriate my culture in a way that kind of disrespects it even though and they're like claiming that they like my culture and that's why they're like using it but in the end of the day it's actually usually in a very disrespectful form but that's what I deal with the most yeah okay and that's crazy to me that people even like say things like that to you it's wild especially like because of tinder you know when you first get to college everybody's like oh my god get on tinder and you're like what is this so you download it and then those are the messages you get and like people have said stuff like that to me in person too but I think just because of that app, you know, you don't have Mm -hmm. to, like, talk to people face-to-face. So Mm -hmm. guys can be very, very rude, and they'll start saying things like that because they're just, like, able to kind of hide behind that screen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely insane to me that people think that it's okay to say things like that. Right? You're just like, (laughs) oh, what? I don't don't understand it at all. It's so wild. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so jumping a little bit back to feminism. Mm -hmm. Um. So, like, I'm sure you know, but, like, on average, for about every $10 that, like, a man makes, a woman makes about $8. Mm-hmm. Um, and employers and just, like, people that are hiring people, not necessarily for, like, work, but even mm-hmm. in, like, like, situations where, like, 
you're casting an orchestra or something like mm-hmm. um, employers like tend to consciously and unconsciously pick mm-hmm. men over women. And um, so what ways do you think that people can change to make that like less of a thing? Yeah. Um, so one thing I do want to know is like, so white women make $8 for every $10 a man makes. But when you break it down by race, I believe it's black and Latino women who are at the very, very bottom of the rung making like 52 cents to the dollar. Um, It's different for each of those races. I don't remember the exact numbers, but mm-hmm. so that's always enough. That's also like another issue in and of itself. And that's why I try to talk about intersectional feminism, because sometimes like race, sexuality, different things come into play. Um, mm-hmm. But so specifically like to answer your question, um honestly I think it's just a lot of talking to people about it and just trying to unlearn the things that we were taught earlier in life so like Mm -hmm. when you grow up a lot of us are fed these narratives to kind of talk and like we kind of start to believe that like men are superior to women in fact like growing up I used to be like oh like women are such drama queens like guys are just so much cooler but like (laughs) that in and of itself is something that I was taught so that I would think men were better than myself and other women, you know? Mm-hmm. So just taking the time to, as a woman, unlearn those things and not be afraid to call it out. And then also as a woman, like, when I see something like that happen, not mm-hmm. being afraid to stand with that woman and call the people out and be like, hey, like, I'm on your side and that shouldn't be happening to you. Like, what can I do to help? Like, you're standing up and, like, going to protests, writing those letters to your um, representatives and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people don't actually realize that, like, that's still something that's happening because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the time, like, not not just involving pay, but, like, people don't really understand that, like, that actually is still happening and it's not mm. just, like, a thing of the past. Like, it's still very yeah. real today. And it's, it's not crazy. something that's, like, really talked about because so many people do not even realize it. Like, there are so many, like, I guarantee that there are, plenty of like females that are out there that don't realize that it's actually happening to them too yeah like there it's like a thing in like the work place that at least for some places not every place but almost every place that I've worked you're not allowed to talk about your pay yeah oh that was actually something I was just thinking I should mention like the fact that we don't talk about our pay is an issue in and of itself because like if you know how much your coworkers who are doing the same job as you if you find out those things those amounts are different then you have that knowledge and you can actually say boss and be like, why is this guy making more than me? We're doing the same exact job. We've been here the same time. Like, mm-hmm. come on. I think it was yeah. um, in House of Cards. I don't mm-hmm. remember the, ac- the actual names, but um, the woman who plays Claire, she found mm-hmm. out that she was making less than her male co-lead, um, Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. And so she actually did something about it. And she like called him out. She was like, yo, like you can't do this. I deserve the same amount. Like, we are the co-leads of this very well-performing show mm-hmm. pay me the same so mm-hmm. but it's just crazy because like that shit happens in Hollywood and I'm sure that she had to go out of her way to find out how much she was being paid before she could actually or get anything done yeah and it's like people just don't get it like I I started working when I was 14 and it was like a rule at my job that like if you talked about your pay like you would get fired like you were absolutely oh not God. allowed to talk about your pay which that's is awful. insane because as like a 14 year old like how much yeah. do you think of making like it's, I mean that's like, a red flag 
yeah it was I mean it was a sketchy place but like (laughs) it was just it was just crazy to me and like and I worked there for three years and the whole time I worked there I made the exact same thing but I was the only person that actually like cleaned up my station and like Uh, made sure everything was sterile and we were like serving food so oh my god but like I know that there were people who were there for like six months when I was there for like three years who made more than me and like it's awful I know the owners of the park and I guarantee that it was like one of the reasons was because like yeah but also because I was like younger which I understand Mm -hmm. less experience but but still it's like if you're working there as long as those other people like you deserve to raise I mean three years it's a long time exactly (laughs) but yeah um I think I that's all I have for that topic um Mm -hmm. I have some questions about like um like ideal image kinds of things yeah so like tons of brands are selling like the quote-unquote perfect image of what beauty is Mm -hmm. um what are some companies that you have worked with because of the way they project like the correct image of genders or race yeah I worked with this company called Atomic Gold, I think, um, a few months ago when I was in D.C., so I want to say, like, that was maybe five months ago, Mm -hmm. Um, but I really, really like their company because it's owned by two women. Um, One is a trans woman, and the other is a woman of color, an immigrant, and so they really are aware of the way that society kind of pushes those beauty um, ideals on women specifically, Mm -hmm. and so they really go out of their way to create this, like, beautiful jewelry that's not only environmentally friendly, but is modeled on non-binary people, women of color and whatnot, so that they can be like, hey, like, not everybody needs to be a skinny, blonde-eyed woman. It will be beautiful. You know, like, all different (laughs) kinds of people are beautiful, and so... That's definitely, like, my favorite company I've worked with in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently, I'm working with ASOS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like them because I'm a big fan of their clothing. I will say they're fast fashion, which is not the best. Mm-hmm. But they do a really good job of using different types of women um, to model their clothing. And they have, like, a specific plus-size collection. I, I'm not plus-size, so I don't know how good that collection is. Mm-hmm. But I like that they went for it and they just kind of started doing that before some, a lot of other companies have. Mm-hmm. Probably my two favorites right now. That's so cool, and I will definitely be checking them out. I think I've heard of both <laughs> of them, but haven't actually like tried any of their products. Oh, they're so good. Atomic Gold is very expensive because it's fine jewelry, but it's so worth it. Very, very good. Good to know. <laughs> I will definitely <laughs> look them up later. Do it. Um. Okay, so why do you think that talking about genders and sexual orientation is so sensitive in today's society and like? how that kind of like affects the way our society like kind of acts and like does things today yeah uh so as a feminist who has taken women's studies classes I do believe we live in a patriarchy I could add all this other stuff about capitalism in there but we're gonna stick to patriarchy and so patriarchy (laughs) is essentially a system in which men are dominant to women Um, There's gender roles. We view a gender as binary, so only male or female. It's not a spectrum, stuff like that. We believe Mm -hmm. that you should be straight. It's a heteronormative society and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so for me, I think talking about it is so sensitive because it's still kind of not what is viewed as good or proper. Mm -hmm. And I think also that because we place men at the top of that hierarchy, for men to maintain that power, to maintain like that dominance they're supposed to be very macho very strong and so if men are gay it's viewed as like 
weak and feminine like how dare you not like want to take control of a woman and like the bedroom and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. ah, dude yeah. uh, so things like that and so when people are like talking about being trans being non-binary um identifying as pansexual and whatnot it's very sensitive because people are like I mean with pansexual that's how I identify I know you know very mm-hmm. few people even like know what that is and it's like mm-hmm. dude it's just yeah. a thing you know like it's mm-hmm. one of the many sen- or sexualities we have but it's like I believe that gender is a spectrum and that sexual orientation is also a spectrum, but people are still very uncomfortable with that idea because it's so different from what we've been taught and it's viewed so negatively because it goes away from that patriarchy and it Mm -hmm. serves to kind of usurp it and like kind of challenge it. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's getting better. I think that years and years and years down the road, people will be a lot more chill. They'll know what all those terms mean and whatnot and it'll Mm -hmm. be okay, but definitely for the time being when you bring those topics up especially to people who like grew up in more conservative households it's very very like oh what the hell that's not good that's bad yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. well that's really cool and I also actually identify as pansexual (laughs) (laughs) um but I think that I um kind of started to understand that like that's why I identified and um like decided that like that's what like I I was it's I don't really it's hard to explain but like yeah Yeah. um I kind of realized that like a little earlier than some of my other friends who Mm -hmm. have come out and like I still have so many friends who like are comfortable talking about it to me because they know that I like understand but Mm -hmm. are like scared to like tell their parents or something yeah and I just think that it's, like, it's so sad that, like, people are so afraid that, like, that's going to define them. And Mm. then, like, that's actually so real that, like, it does, like, people use it as, like, a definition for people. But, like, it's not. It's just, like, another quality that they have. Exactly. Like, make them. Exactly. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so I have one more question. All right. It's very, very um, controversial right now. And it's also like a really, really new topic. And it's still kind of being worked on. And um, so I follow Planned Parenthood very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like like last week, um, a new rule regarding abortion was dropped. And so the rule says that doctors cannot perform abortions in areas that they see other patients in um so that means that they're like closer to end funding to P- Planned Parenthood because in order to like make it so that the facility is separated by like like an abortion clinic and then yeah. just kind of a clinic like it's going to be a lot of money to like renovate it yeah so why do you think this is so controversial right now and like what do you think about it yeah so I the topic of abortion is honestly so nuanced I think and what's surprising to me always is like I know a lot of women who are very like they would seem like feminists when you first talk to them and I think they do identify as such but Mm -hmm. when it comes to this specific issue this is where I tend to see things kind of differ and I think it has to do a lot with the fact that um and certain religions you know it's viewed as life starts the moment you're conceived so when you Mm -hmm. abort someone you're murdering a baby and I personally don't view it that way I'm pro-choice so I view it as like this child isn't really a child until they're like I don't know kind I don't know at least like a few months old or something because for the Mm -hmm. most part they kind of start out as this like 
little thing of cells. And so I don't really view them as a child and I don't view it as murdering a baby. (laughs) I view it personally as giving a woman the choice and the power to choose what she wants to do with her body. Because sometimes you get pregnant and it was an accident. Something happened. Like you weren't trying to, maybe you even trying to use protection. Mm -hmm. Something went wrong. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're still in college or you're even in high school and you're just not ready to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And actually uh, something I learned when I was taking women's studies is that actually the vast majority of women who are getting abortions are very responsible mothers who already have kids and just cannot afford to have more. It's too Mm -hmm. expensive for them. They have a lot going on on their plate. They just don't feel comfortable bringing another life into this world because they know they can't give that life, that little child, like what they need and deserve. So they choose Mm -hmm. to abort a child. And it's like, I think that's a totally valid choice. Mm -hmm. But that's why I think it's kind of controversial because like a lot of people view it as like you're murdering a child because they're pro-life and they're very religious. And so that's Mm -hmm. just how it's viewed. Um, But what's frustrating to me there is it's like, I noticed that a lot of times with religious individuals, I'm sure a lot of people could speak to this much better than I can, Mm -hmm. but it seems to be very um, contradictory because they're very like pro-life. But then when it comes to people like immigrants, they're like, oh, get them out of the country. They're all killers. And you're like, um, actually that's incorrect and untrue, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so I think that's kind of the gist of what's going on there. People, especially men, they just don't understand it. And when it comes to men in the, um, the house and whatnot like trying to write legislation for us they don't understand like what it's like to be faced with that issue I mean I've never been I'm privileged enough to have never dealt with that so I don't even know what it is what it's like but I mean I can imagine it's terrifying mm-hmm. and so they write this legislation in an attempt to just like kind of control women's bodies too and like maintain that control and it's just mm-hmm. it's not good mm-hmm. and I know like personally that like the like what's happening right now with planned parenthood planned parenthood mm-hmm. is targeted towards like abortion and they're but they so much more than that yeah it really is because like <sighs> if you stop funding planned parenthood not only do like abortions and which also can be like some people like really bad too. like there's like like medical conditions like people could like yeah like some people like cannot conceive or like have a child without. oh actually I have a friend yeah there's like yeah. something about the way her like uterus is shaped or something mm-hmm. like she can't physically have children yeah mm-hmm. it's like if she were to get pregnant it'd be bad mm-hmm. but if you like stop sending the funding to Planned Parenthood too though like there's less access to um birth control and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah and that to me like just hurts me as like a female and mm-hmm. like I personally don't get mine from um Planned Parenthood but um so many people like there are so many girls out there that like cannot afford to be like going to their doctor or like their yeah. insurance doesn't cover it or mm-hmm. like and they need to like go to some place that will like provide it for them or at least mm-hmm. help them like get it cheaper or mm-hmm. like and like just an available clinic too because Oh, people yeah. can't afford to like go to like an OBGYN all the time. Insurance in the US is a mess. Yeah, stuff is mm-hmm. expensive if you don't have it. Exactly. And that's like that's what I think is crazy about the fact that like they're trying to not fund planned parenthood anymore, but like they're starting with like each kind of branch of what they do. Yeah. And it's just like it's hard for me to understand because why 
would you want to take so much away? And like, yeah, if you're taking away access to birth control, but also taking away access to abortions and like, not that I see abortions as a form of like birth control or anything, but like, if you're taking away birth control, (laughs) then like, Mm-hmm. you probably should have abortions legal because like, yes <laughs> yes or else it's just gonna kind of get a little out of control exactly crazy. it's uh, like it's and also like once you make abortions illegal like then people go out of their way to try and get abortions done but they're in very unsafe ways that could lead to the woman's death mm-hmm. like, exactly. that story from I don't remember when, sometime in the 1900s, like maybe the mm-hmm. 80s or 90s, I don't remember. But that one woman who really couldn't afford to have a baby with her um, partner and so had her partner trying to perform an abortion on her with a, a hanger. Yeah. And then she died because it didn't mm-hmm. work and they didn't know what they were doing and it wasn't safe. It wasn't sanitary. Like, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that happens when you try to do this. Mm-hmm. But men just don't want to acknowledge that and they just want to get rid of it because they want to control us it's religion really messes things up sometimes not all of them I want to be clear like not all of them but yeah Mm -hmm. a lot of it really does just have to do with those religions that are just very anti-abortion and very Mm pro-life but in ways that tend to be very contradictory and just not safe for women Mm -hmm. and not that there's anything wrong with like people who have those kinds of opinions and stuff it just like should be made available for the people who like are pro-choice and exactly stuff like that and like exactly it I feel like those kinds of decisions shouldn't be made based on like religious beliefs or anything mm-hmm. like it I just completely should agree be, like based on like the person themselves which is why like it should be available like it shouldn't just be made less available because yeah the Some person running our country decides that, like, he doesn't want it to be a thing. Precisely. <laughs> like, the person running our country, he's a guy. He's never going to need this. Yeah. The other thing is, like, if you personally are pro-life, then that, that's great. Like, if mm-hmm. you get pregnant, even if you weren't ready, like, then, then keep the baby. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Do what feels right to you. But women who don't feel the same way should still be allowed to have abortions available as an option. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, I know a lot of people because... I'm personally pro-choice, but for myself, I don't think that I would ever actually get an abortion. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely pro-choice for everyone else. But I've talked to a lot of people who are pro-life and a lot of them have said like, oh, like, but they could also just do adoption. And like, personally, like I was adopted and like have a Mm -hmm. great experience with adoption, but um, it's so expensive and not always the best option. And Mm -hmm. adoption can be really kind of scary because like there there are a lot of background checks that are done but like Mm. they could end up like in the foster system and foster systems just messed up too yeah and I mean some people adoption is great like worked great for me my brother's also adopted and like both of us have a really good like experience with it like yeah I literally get to meet my birth mom this summer Oh, that's like, so exciting. have a great relationship with her but like it just doesn't always work for some people yeah or like it wouldn't be the best option or is not affordable because it can be like more expensive than actually like, yeah. getting an abortion or even just raising a child <laughs> exactly <laughs> and plus the whole so... 
the entire process of having to carry that child to term is like that's all another thing in and of itself like that's so much effort and it's a lot of visits to the doctor very expensive mm-hmm. if you don't have insurance like mm-hmm. I completely agree yeah it's a lot it can also be really hard too because mm-hmm. like as a mother like you get attached to like the life that's growing inside exactly of you. like how can and, you not yeah and then like not being able to like not carrying it to term means that you don't have as much time to get attached but if you carry that baby to term and then realize like I have to give this kid up like that hurts that's <laughs> that's yeah hard. it's like it's just it's it's such a controversial topic and I understand why yeah and why there are like so many sides to it and I don't really think that one side is wrong I just think that not everyone looks at it from all perspectives and they kind of look at it from like their personal opinion and obviously it's it's an opinion for a reason and like people Mm -hmm. are allowed to think whatever they want and that's fine yeah but like when people are making like laws and decisions towards it mm-hmm. they don't really think about the actual other outcomes they just think mm-hmm. about like why why should I do this especially when all these a lot of these decisions end up being made by men who literally yeah, will never have, have no to deal idea. with this issue in their life exactly yeah. oh, crazy Lord. um well those are all the questions that I have for you do you awesome. have anything else that you want to add um I don't think so. No, I feel like we covered a lot of really great stuff. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining. It was super fun to talk to you. And um, I'm so grateful that you like actually set aside time to come and talk to me about stuff like that. I got you. And I know like talking about these issues. A lot of it's really controversial and like kind of hard to talk about. And a lot of people don't talk about it. But my entire platform is about. So, (laughs) yeah, but I'm just so grateful to like have found someone who actually is comfortable with talking about stuff like this, especially like on a platform where literally anybody could listen. So, (laughs) just thank you so much for sharing and talking to me. Um, Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me for episode three of Happy and Healthy Earth. I really, really hope that you enjoyed um, listening to me and Annabelle's conversation. Um, I know some of these topics were pretty controversial, so thank you to those who listened and kept an open mind the entire time. Um, I've never really talked about super controversial things like this like on a platform before, so that was super fun for me to do. And... um, I just, again, thank everyone for listening, and I hope that you will join me next week.